1: This is Everything Elite, the world's best podcast devoted exclusively to All Elite Wrestling and the Elite Extended Universe. I'm Aaron Bentley, and we are live from the Jericho Cruise. That's right, folks. We came all the way to the rockin' wrestling. And I'm joined by Nate, a.k.a. Epidysis here on the cruise. Nate, are you enjoying the cruise so far?
2: I'm really enjoying the cruise, Aaron. I love the bands uh, Fozzie and Halloween and the Killer Queens. Uh, I think I saw Jim Brewer a minute ago. Big Jim Brewer fan, you know, from the half-baked days, of course, I think we discussed last week. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm just a big cruise guy now. I love going on cruises.
1: Yeah, big same. And, of course, we're joined by cruise aficionado Mike Spears. What's up, Mike?
0: I can't believe that you two assholes convinced me to get on a boat in the middle of the ocean. Don't you know we know more about the moon than we do about the ocean? There are animals down in the ocean that haven't evolved in several million years because they don't have to. How did you get me on this death trap? I want off this boat. Please just get me off this boat now, Bentley. I hate that I got lawyered into this.
2: Life is about learning, Mike. So it's just, you know, an opportunity to learn about more about the ocean. That's just you should look at it that way.
0: I, I'm not getting to
2: expand our horizons and meet some of those deep sea ancient prehistoric creatures.
0: Fuck. No, I'm not going down there. I'm surprised they didn't throw me in the brig.
2: Well, we're going to throw you into something sooner or later, folks. I'm talking about the ocean.
0: <laughs> All right. So this is going to be
1: a special edition live from the uh, Jericho cruise. Of course, uh, if you want to follow our, our cruise hijinks, you can follow us on Twitter at everything. AEW. I'm at Aaron like the car. Mike is at Fuji. Heya, Nate is at Epinesis. And you can subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you search everything elite on the podcast app of your choice. Give us a rate and review if you're on the Apple Podcasts app. What are we going to talk about this week? We're going to do elite or delete, of course. I don't care what Cara says about the segment. We're going to run down dynamite. We're going to talk about this week's ratings. Not a lot of news, but we are going to talk about how cool graffiti is. That I can promise you. So Patreon, before we get there, patreon.com slash everything elite this week, Nate and Aaron take Japan. We dropped that on Monday. Nate and I went down our our trip from Japan and uh, it was quite a good time, Nate.
2: Yeah, I was expecting uh, a little pushback when I proposed the name. I really thought you were going to say, well, it should be Aaron and Nate take Japan just with alphabetically syllable wise. But no, I got no pushback whatsoever. So now I felt a little bit awkward about it.
1: I literally asked you for a name. You proposed one. I typed it into Patreon and hit publish, I think.
2: Beautiful. Well, it is. It's an AEW reference, of course, because of the old Marty and Flip Take Japan segments. Um, you know, RIP to the both of them.
1: Yep. So that's on the Patreon. It also features exclusively the story of our run-in at Disney Sea with some wrestlers. And I think, Nate... I'm, I was trying to think of this this morning. I think you dropped a scoop about an hour and a half in. I can't remember what it was now.
2: So I dropped a scoop on this show last week. What was our What was the other scoop that we had? I don't know, but we had.
1: I think we had another one. Maybe not.
2: Hard to say. Mm, yeah, I'm, I wouldn't make that promise because I. Okay. I, the the scoop was on the regular show last week, I believe. But you will get the exclusive
1: story. A pretty funny story of us meeting uh, some wrestlers.
2: Well, really, two stories of us meeting some some wrestlers. What was the second one? Well, all all the wrestlers involved are Joshi, of course.
1: Okay, okay, okay. I'm there. I'm there. We did a light this week. Mike and I got back on our on our bullshit doing light. Uh, next week, I got this is the Young Bucks coming out. Me and Case Lowe talked about the history. of of the Young Bucks, and uh, it was a lot of fun, actually. So I'm I'm really looking forward to everybody hearing that. And we'll be back with Light, of course, on Monday. So far this month, six bonus shows, three episodes of Light, uh, lots of run sheets, spreadsheets, and whatnot. So a good month on the Patreon. This is the last week of the month, I think, coming up. Monday will be the last week of the month. So remember, if you you subscribe now, you're going to get charged now and then again on the first of the month. So I won't be mad at you if you wait until... Uh, the first of the month, but you are gonna be late
2: hearing. This is the young bucks. Yeah. Just to, uh, we're not on the cruise. Just want to again. Don't want, don't want my friends texting me not understanding the joke again, <laughs> <laughs> which did happen a couple of days ago. We're not, we're not on the cruise.
0: I, I, I do fully believe that the ocean should be feared and respected. So that's why I'm not on the cruise. Y'all really? just.
2: Nate, a real joke explainer on this show. (laughs) Well, it just saves. If I can save a little bit of discourse, if I can spare myself from one explanation that I have to give anyone, then I'll do it.
0: Yeah. Oh, one thing for people who are looking into Patreon and are kind of like, oh, it's in a month. Next month, we will have a live uh, reaction to Revolution. So, I mean, that'll be the first time we're having that. So that's another reason to get aboard is that there'll be more bonus shows next month
1: that's right so it'll be uh even though it'll be a short month it'll be long on bonus content that's right okay let's get into it elite or delete the world famous game everybody from Kara to mr hakusan is talking about this game (laughs) so
2: you know it's good that's right i got a nomination for game of the year from shane blepp thank you shane
1: that's right uh, we really appreciate that. We're hoping to take down uh, Hideo Kojima next year. Hey, not bad. Wow. So you know that? Wow.
0: Yeah. yeah,
2: Well done. Yeah, include us on your night night
0: in, the in the Woods. woods.
2: Sure. <laughs> it's a game. It's a, that's a second game. <laughs> <laughs> just same games now. Um, um, can, you, can you get a third? Does he have a third in him? Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck. Um, <laughs> well, I
1: just, I just bought uh, the remake of Resident Evil 2. Okay, there you go.
0: Okay, there you go, yeah. That's a game. No, it's, it's
2: a game. That's yeah,
0: exactly. I'm surprised you, you, you took down your wall scroll for last week. I'm really kind of disappointed. I thought that was going to be something that was going to be a permanent fixture in your home office.
1: Well, I got a lot of people sending me, like, weird messages about that, trying to say that there was something, like, creepy or perverted about it, and I just, I'm really not about that energy, so... Uh, I was upset,
2: I was offended, and I decided to just uh, destroy it. It's a shame. I think Byleth is like, this might be a spoiler, like hundreds of millions of years old or something. So it's totally not creepy. Totally normal wall scroll to have.
1: Hmm. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> As if anyone wasn't clear about that.
2: Yeah. No, I think it's clear. Uh,
1: okay. Well, uh, Nate, go ahead and hit us with your elite pick for... This week's episode of
2: Dynamite. My elite pick for this week's episode of Dynamite is Marco Stunt. How about that for a swerve? I just really enjoyed the energy that Marco Stunt had coming out on this show. Uh, He came out like with the life preserver on, which was, you know, of course, we really uh, appreciate and enjoy when they do special sort of thematic things appropriate to the city or location that they're in. So that was a highlight of this show. Uh, And Marco went all the way with the life vest on. Um, and just him coming out on the ramp with the wind blowing and everything was the point at which I really got into like, the oh, this is on a cruise ship. And like, this is a real sort of special little uh, environment and ambiance here. And then, you know, I have to give half of my pick here to Chris Jericho for giving up a bunch of near falls to Marco Stunt. And what I was like the most, I thought, exciting in-ring work of the show was basically Marco Stunt getting a bunch of two and a half counts on Chris Jericho. Um, just, you know, no, very few people in wrestling that have been in wrestling that long, uh, like Chris Jericho being the champion and being, you know, a 30 year vet or whatever, and probably having some element of, uh, if you know, Jim Cornette brain worms in his head somewhere there would be out there willing to put Marco stunt over, I think to that level. But then we still got the great Judas effect where he killed them. So that was just the, that was what really piqued me and, and had me. Uh, most enjoying the show this week.
0: Yeah, that was for a match that, like, if you listen to Light, you would know that just kind of contrary to me, I was kind of down on the Stronghearts versus the uh, Jurassic Express match. I thought that this match was a whole lot of fun, and Marco, who is someone that I'm determined not to have an opinion one way or the other on did pretty well i maybe it was working with strong hearts that he somehow picked up all kinds of like flash pen cradles but like i love me a, f- a flash pin and i was getting invested and they even did the one where you have like the two quick two counts and you get the one last one that like the hand is just about to come down and then jerko got his shoulder up just like a nice touch and you know it just was like a fun tag match i mean like uh, Proud and Powerful and Jericho, they're a fun trio. Whenever we get to see them together, it's it's great because you can see like th- that they're all having a good time. And, you know, Luchasaurus finally looks like he's back at 100%, and that's nice to see. And it, this was kind of a match that helped like, reestablish where uh, he should have been in that trajectory before he had that hammy injury. So, yeah, I'm with you, Nate. This was a fun match.
2: If you want to hear, uh, so you mentioned that you know, maybe Marco picked some things up from working with Stronghearts. If you want to hear all-time Davisms, um, as far as him saying that people have inc- improved in record time, you know, similar to the Big Daddy Yum Yum has gotten, uh, you know, uh, uh, exponentially better after one week in Japan. He was on his bullshit this week on the podcast on The Observer just saying, oh yeah, Marco's gotten so much better so quickly and saying this about literally everyone on the roster. It's like, maybe you just, you know, only seeing them in a certain light at this point, or something, Dave. Anyway, go on.
1: I saw somebody do a post today that was like Marco Stun is in the twelfth minute of his fifteen minutes, and I was like, I don't know. I feel like Marco is just kind of hitting where he should be. Like he's kind of settled in, so this is exactly what he's valuable for, and nothing, probably nothing more, nothing less. And I'm
2: kind of, I've reached a, a level of zen with Marco where I kind of enjoy him now. I think there's a, a metaphor we can find there where like a band comes along and has a really big hit and you think they're a one hit wonder and they peak really big. And then you stop hearing about them ever again. But like for the rest of time, they have like a steady sto- a touring career and are like a very popular act among like normies and people who just listen to the music from their high school days or whatever. I feel like that's Marco peaked really big. And then his 50 minutes ended but then just the rest of his life began and he has settled in at like a, you know, normal part of the roster sort of role. I'm trying to Maybe like a foster the people like they had a big hit and then never again. But if you look at like their Spotify or whatever, they still get like 15 million plays on every song that they put out.
0: I think I was going to say Blink-182 because like that's a like even though there was like all the stuff with – uh. I'm blanking on names here, which is bad because it's the first band I ever saw. Tom DeLonge. Even of all that stuff, they're still like constantly touring. Like their albums come out and I never hear a word about them. But whenever like Blink-182 comes to town, like people go see Blink-182 and all their stuff gets listened to.
2: I think they kind of got enshrined as like the legacy rock act of that era now, I think. they're Right, yeah. They're like the Foo Fighters of that generation is like Blink-182, I think. So I don't know if that quite matches up. Like, I think Marco just like peaked and then just like settled down at a normal level.
0: Yeah, it, it's just difficult. Like if you have like a really strong negative opinion of Marco Stunt, then you really need to find something better to do with your time because he does what he does. It doesn't like break wrestling. It doesn't do anything like this. And if you're someone who thinks that Marco Stunt breaks wrestling, you need to go find something better to do you're life. Like he's fun. He he's perfectly fine as the fall guy in this trio for two guys who are going to be much bigger stars after they leave this trail. Like it's, it's fine.
2: And he's yep. over. All I care about is that he's over really. Yeah. I don't disagree.
1: Mike,
0: you're a lead pick for this week. Uh, I'm just all aboard hangman page now. Just like this, was, the match itself was a great and uh, Chris Samsa who does a lot of stats stuff for VOW said it was the longest match they had on dynamite TV but it was a, I thought this was an incredibly strong tag match that had definite like ebbs and flows, parts where you buy into it to being the finish and it kept on going on. Just like a great like fake out for the inert, like the inadvertent buckshot. And then after the match, Paige immediately grabs the title belt, goes, gets beers from people in the crowd, and then crowd surfs. And then the uh, backstage promo afterwards, like he's done over the last few months, he's really kind of established himself as his own person and it feels like that with this title change like we're going to get the slow percolating thing because obviously this is the route for them now until eventually we are gonna have like the big to do there and I didn't think five months ago to be interested in what's going to happen after a, a Kenny Omega and Hangman Page tag team run but now it's like okay we all think that like things could happen here and it's just super interesting and I think that this was like a big night because it for a lot of ways, other than like Judas, it felt like that uh, Hangman Page was the most over person on the show. So I think that like they they've done such a great job rehabbing him, and this was like a amazing part of that journey tonight.
2: Yeah, happy to have always been right on Hangman Page. I mean, you said he should turn heel, so I mean, he's going to. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to feud with Omega.
1: Uh, My big takeaway from this match was, which I guess I could do this later, but actually I'm only doing this because I tweeted this and Ogan favorited it. So it has to be a good take. And that take is that I thought this match was good, but you needed a heel team in this match. And you couldn't just have SCU do some heel stuff in here to kind of, you know, work it up and get a little heat going for for Paige and Omega. Instead, it's more built around... The, the fucked up uh, Buckshot, which really, I mean, it sucks for SEU because they end up just kind of being a player in the uh, whatever. You know, I pretend I did this uh, correctly, you know, but they just end up like a bit part in the Page and Omega story when they were the first champions and blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. I wasn't – I thought this match was good, but I wasn't in love with it. I do love that they didn't do the – turn here in this match they didn't do the split here in this match i think that would have been a bad sign as far as like where they're going to go story-wise generally so i like that we're kind of teasing that out more and let's see where it goes i'm not sure he turns heel nate I, i don't think uh i'm not there with you
2: he's he's being positioned as the heel on bte and they've set they've planted the seeds with his whole drinking thing and kind of being an asshole about that and then with the whole dream segment where he dream dreamt about feuding with Kenny Omega. So I'm confident it's going to happen. It's going to get over huge. Um, but yeah, you know, just a matter of time I do, you know, I, I kind of uh, wanted the belts to be more established by putting them on like top acts and just having the top acts, defend them for a long time to really make those belts mean something first. But I'm pretty much okay with the title switch here. Cause SCU is like the least important team in the division. Like they're, good hands and they should be a good vehicle for breaking Scorpio guy off and making him a singles guy at some point. But I, uh, you know, I don't think anybody's particularly excited about their title reign or anything.
0: Yeah. Like they had the story, obviously there's going to be stuff that's going to happen. That's going to be a lot more important with them. But I mean, they were champions for 84 days. It's fine. You know, like that's like, eventually like they, they spent all this time establishing the titles and you obviously weren't going to drop the belt, Jericho's belt until maybe Revolution and Riho. Right now, I think she needs to keep that belt. This is the one you change, like so. And SEU, as Nate said, is the least interesting, least important thing team in team that division. Because especially since it feels like that now, Scorpio can go do his own thing, and you go back to the Addiction as the main tag team out of SEU. Very
1: simple elite pick for me. It is the entire crowd singing along to Judas, not only during Jericho's entrance, but also after they won the match. It is the most over-entrance song of all time, the best entrance song of all time, and I'm glad that it was appropriately paid tribute to uh,
2: on the Jericho cruise, where we were last night. (laughs) We were not there. Um, But yeah, good good song, good moment. Uh, I'm glad it came through, because crowds have sung it previously. Um, but it has not come across on the broadcast, you know, on on previous AEW shows. So this time you could really hear it, which, uh, you know, great job by the the production crew and everything. And or what I would think are very difficult circumstances to shoot a television show. Like there was one big sound glitch where either they put up a screen or another boat honked or something. But other than that, it was like pretty, uh, pardon the pun, smooth sailing.
0: Yeah, this is something that since they announced this i know i've been both on the show and like privately going like this is a mess to do for them to do this have the show send it to atlanta or nashville i guess since i think kevin sullivan's based out of nashville and then have it all taken care of and just like the whole like logistics of all this to pull off was such a difficult thing to do and the fact that They were set up in such a way that everyone was right on top of the ring. So you got to hear Judas just because in arenas, sound can get eaten up. I know all three of us have been at shows for them that there are Judas sing-alongs. You just can't hear it on TV because it's just how sound operates. But with how the ship was, everyone was on top of each other. So we all could hear Judas being played three times and the crowd singing three times along with it. It was a triple Judas night, guys.
2: Three Judas night. Always love them. All right, well,
1: that clearly was the best thing of the night, no matter what you all picked. But let's uh, delete some things. There were some bad things on the show last night. Nate, get us started. What was your delete pick from this week?
2: Um, Delete pick, I suppose, was the continual uh, fuck finishes with Joey Janela matches, I guess. You got the distraction finish with Kip coming out and banging out with Penelope uh on this show it's been a ongoing thing with him doing the same thing to Sean Spears and their feud and uh it just seems to to follow Joey around for whatever reason uh we've discussed him a lot on this show and and how they're not really putting him in a great position to excel at what he does best I think but yeah uh, just you know that that's like the most WWE that the Dynamite Show has been to this point, I think, is like, you know, that could have come right out of the Bobby Lashley and Lana angle. Is you know, oh, the you know, your ex girlfriend comes out with her new man and they make out. It's like extreme. I mean, you know, it's it's pro wrestling. What do you want? But uh, I I don't want the WWE. Is what I want.
0: Yeah, like the, this is almost like the perfect thing after we had our thing about Joey Janela to have this happen. Have a, another distraction finish. Where it just—it's very hard for me, for like having Joy Janelle in this promotion and having him portrayed in this way. One, where it's not capitalizing his strengths. And then two, you do shit like this because, like as Nate said, this was like the big facet about them and uh, Sean Spears and uh, Tully Blanchard. And now you're adding in Kip Sabian, who doesn't matter, and Penelope Ford, who doesn't matter. And this is a guy who I've seen so... Soul- 2,500 tickets in New Orleans just by himself. He's someone that I mean, I know that they say that set for 4,000 seats, but selling a lot of tickets in Tampa for spring break three or spring break four. And you're doing things like this. And it's like, how are fans outside of people who know who Joey Janela and game changer wrestling is supposed to like this guy when you don't let him play to his strengths and you keep on doing lame shit like this. It's just frustrating.
2: He they needed to give him the pool spot with MJF like Cody had to do the thing with the showdown with MJF and then instead of having the Bucks come out and giving you know all the EVPs the coolest spots Joey could have been there and and done that spot. I think the the pool spot is the kind of like you know undercard wild man kind of thing you want to give to somebody like Joey.
1: Yeah I don't have anything to add to this. I mean it sucked. So what
0: are you going to say? Mike your pick? Okay. Um. I guess I'll be the one who who takes this one. Uh, I know they're trying. And I think that this is a better long-term character. But that Britt Baker promo sucked. Like, I know that's like discourse. And like, she's a, I I think the idea of her kind of being the, uh, don't you know who I am? Let me speak to your manager kind of character. Works for who she is. I think that actually works. But like, Her delivery was just, like, all zanned out. And with, like, Tony Schiavone, like, getting heat like that on Tony Schiavone. Like, who the Like, the dude, after wrestling, ended on WCW. Like, he had to go get gig work. Like, it's no shame in that. And just, like, ugh. That really, after... Just was, like, a bummer of a thing. Like, because I get where they're going to with her. But it just ate up time on a show that I'm like, okay... I would would have much rather had more time on like Jurassic Express and the Inner Circle than have the lame promo. So I, if I'm going to delete something off the show, it's going to be that. I have a feeling I know what you're going to delete after this Bentley, and I'll add in there. But yeah, it just kind of sucked.
2: I I kind of liked aspects of it. I think the part with Tony, you know, their their thinking was, oh, everyone loves Tony. It's shitty to you know shit on him because he you know worked at Starbucks to get benefits or whatever. That's a crappy thing for somebody to do. Uh, so we're going to make you know Brit like the bitchy hot girl or whatever that nobody likes. But it doesn't you know when I previously put over MJF's heel work, um, I said what was great about it and what was different about the WWE was you can tell that those ideas originated from MJF and that the things that he says originate from MJF. So. You put the heel heat on him when Britt Baker goes out and makes fun of Tony Schiavone for working at the Starbucks. It doesn't feel like it authentically comes from her. It feels like somebody had that idea and they were like, "Oh, you know, hey Britt, do this. That'll that'll really get some big heel heat for you." It just doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel like the right uh, angle for that character to take. the The stuff where she just acts superior and like did not care to to give a promo. She's just like, "Whatever, Tony." That part amused me, like where she was talking about her own hotness, and she's like, "Come on, come on, guys, look." That was very amusing to me. But yeah, need some refinement. I'm still, I'm not going to call it. You know, I'm not going to bury Brit yet. I still think there's a, a a route out for her.
1: I see the idea, but she doesn't have the
2: skill to do it.
0: Right, like that's the thing. She doesn't she, have the charisma for it. She's not good enough
1: to do it. You have to be really good to be a good heel. It's it's pretty easy to be or it can come natural to be like a real white meat baby face. Oh,
2: I could not disagree more. I think if white meat baby is the hardest thing to do in wrestling.
1: Mm, heal. Know. Heel
2: heel yeah. is the easiest thing to do. You just be shitty. Not a good one.
1: Not a good one. You can't just have somebody like Britt who like you wouldn't put in your fucking high school uh, drama, you know, piece because she's very bad. Um she's just not good enough to do it. It's not her fault. She's just not good. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Here's the thing. If you want to salvage Britt Baker, which I wouldn't, I would cut my losses. I would send her home and move on with my life. But if you want to salvage Britt Baker, the heel move is not I'm hot and you suck because that doesn't come natural to her. That's not who she is. She seems like a nice person, like a good person. I I like Britt Baker. But what I bet she's really feeling right now is a lack of confidence. I bet she feels betrayed in some way by the fans that people have turned on her in that way. And she could use that. She could channel that into a heelish shades of gray character. That would be interesting. And as Nate was saying, because it would be authentic, it would probably come across really well, but this is not going to do her any favors.
2: Yeah. I think that's, that's definitely a more productive way to take it than just sending her home. Is, yeah, uh, tap into that side of it, you know, some uh some Bret Hart shit, you know, the fans turned on me. Um then you know there's an element of truth to it and then yeah, that would if she can if she can't speak and promo and do character work with that with you know those real elements behind that character, then you you know have a Then you see the clear ceiling, I guess, on her as a performer. But yeah, I I think that's interesting.
1: All right. My delete pick is almost all of this episode. That's what I would delete. (laughs) Uh, And it's not because almost any of it was bad. The only really bad part, I thought, well, bad parts were the, the distraction finish and the Britt Baker promo. But almost nothing happened on this episode. And the stuff that did happen was stuff that you could see coming, that, that you knew where it was going. We kind of know where the Jericho Moxley thing's going. Who cares? We kind of know where the Omega Page thing is going. Who cares? I mean, I guess I knew nothing exciting had happened because I wasn't spoiled on anything without even trying to go unspoiled. So I knew it couldn't have been anything too crazy. But it's it was just a boring episode. It was boring. They got to do more to uh, get me fired up going into this revolution pay per view.
2: So yeah, they they did their first TV title change, and they determined their number one contender in the main event with like big match between their, you know, two of their top guys. I mean, I I do, I'm with you in that there was nothing here that made me jump out of my seat or anything and go like, oh yeah, you know, this has got me fired up. But they did. Advance a lot of things. See, I don't, you know, I like when I know what's. I know what I like, I like when I know what's happening and what's going to happen, because that means it makes sense and it's good.
0: Yeah, this is something that if there was like one surprise on this show, that would have been I'd be like, oh, okay. Like I knew A, B, C, and D were going to happen, but now you bring a fourth E. I was not expecting this to happen. And there just really wasn't that on this show. Really, like I'm looking at my, match notebook right here and it's like everything i could have written this out on monday before the show even happened like what should happen here which you know i feel like it's kind of bad to say but we aren't seeing that from other major u.s companies where like they're they're doing things coherently uh i guess like i came out of the show other than like the opening match everything else was just kind of there like paint by numbers and then one way you could look at that is Okay these are people who have now been on a boat for three days. I, th- I think it was three days. I think the crew started on Monday so or on no, Sunday. We,
1: we were there so we know when it started.
0: I, I y- you know I'm not going out on the ocean, Aaron like the, the bit's dead. I'm not going out there. I killed the bit. Yeah, Nate killed the bit anyways.
1: Well, you guys ever heard of yes and <laughs> Jeez. Yes, they. I did a. You're talking to the wrong Spears.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry.
1: (laughs) I I, gotta get Drew back on this show.
0: Ouch. Okay, but uh, (laughs) it's just like this show. Like, it could have been a little bit better. Like, I'm looking at the match lineup here, and it's like Britt Baker and Priscilla Kelly, about what I expected. MJF versus Joey Janela, seen a lot better MJF versus Joey Janela matches. Pack versus John Moxley, weird match. Like match that just did not connect. And it was really like how that match should have could have happened or should have happened given those two guys. It just felt really weird to me. And maybe that's like where I, I totally get where you're coming from, maybe, that like this show, you toss in like something surprising and this show is something really to talk about, but instead it's like, oh, tag team title change happened and they advanced things well, but there's really not much else to talk about it.
1: You know, just something exciting. That, I think early on, that Jericho promo... The big inner circle like brawl, inner circle elite brawl thing at the end of that one show. The, the big Cody promo that was uh, so good going into the Jericho thing. Just like a big segment that escalates things and gets me fired up. You know, that's all I was wanting. And this was like I was dozing off during the Moxley pack match, which is part to do with my really poor job of transitioning from jet lag. But also give me something to get fired up about.
0: Uh, I'll say this we now have five weeks until revolution and maybe now we're like in the official countdown to the pay-per-view that we we're talking about like all these big moments and all these big things, but those really only happened in like the last few weeks of the buildup, you know? So maybe we, this was just a week. It's like, Oh, they're going to be on the, on the cruise. That's going to be the, the big conceit. Maybe next week in Cleveland with this card coming up that can maybe just like wrestle our Jimmy's a little bit more. I mean, the motherfucking Ooh. Butcher, the motherfucking Blade, and the motherfucking Bunny are going to back against the Young Bucks. So, I mean, we got stuff going on. The sure. cage match is on the horizon. So, maybe this is, like, a nice way of doing a filler episode with, with like, trying to hide the idea that it was a filler episode.
2: Yeah, if you're going to do a let's get our ducks in a row episode and set up a contender and, you know, uh, move every storyline one notch further, not a bad idea to do it on a boat where you have a captive audience and you have a unique hook to hook people. Otherwise, you know, without, you know, uh, uh, uh giving away a big segment that you have for later in the build. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that they were thinking on that level, but you know, it still had a unique vibe and I appreciate it for that.
0: One last question before we move on, we've had like the thing of like bad, bad episodes and very, very good episodes. Is this okay? That's a fine episode but it was just kind of paint by the numbers. Like, is this like anything like this? Like now they've kind of just had a very just connect the dots episode and just kind of was there. Is that a bad thing? Like everything was.
2: Is this the first fine episode?
0: I kind of feel like this might be the first fine episode. We're like 15 episodes in and this one I'm like, oh, it was okay. So that's what I'm wondering. Like they did everything competently. Like Bentley, I know one of your favorite points is they have great plans, but they execute them poorly. Everything was pretty much executed decently with the exception of the promo and the distraction finish. It's just kind of you watch it and you're like, oh, it didn't waste my time. I'll well, say that. They, they executed the distraction finish well. That was actually a poor idea. Executed <laughs> well. That's fair. That's you fair. Know? So, I mean,
1: it's good to be able to just put on a coherent episode of television, like a, a reasonable episode of television. That's good. And if that's your, if the worst thing you do is this week, then that would be excellent going forward. All right. Let's move into the ratings talk. So AEW drops just a little bit. They go down from 940,000 to 871,000, a 0.35 in the demo. I think the important thing here is, well, okay, so it was a taped episode. Uh, of course, it was Zion Williamson's uh, NBA debut, which did huge numbers um, elsewhere. But the the big thing for me is down from a 0.38 to a point three five in the demo. The two weeks before that, they were 0.36. So they're really staying in this same window of viewers. The, the total number is changing, which I think fucks with people, but that's because that is, you know, how many people are actually watching television. As long as they're getting the same percentage, that's positive, and, and that's what, obviously, the network is concerned about.
2: Yeah, you know, as far as the war goes, I think it's... Um... It's really good I think to see the other side get a win here um with with that 1.01 for the NBA because you know of course AEW did top the uh, NBA the other week so it's good that you know the NBA star mach- machine <laughs> star making machine fuck is uh is is back in operation and Zion's going to hopefully be able to put up a fight against AEW here in the coming weeks.
0: Hey, it's something where you know, they had to bring in the big guns. And what's bigger in this war than having the debut of the big, hot rookie going up against a taped show? Like, this is just great plans, but they're from uh, Adam Silver. Like, they're getting this taken care of, like, how they needed it to. So I'm glad that with that week two, they bounced back at this. And hey, like, as you said, AB, we're kind of seeing what, I don't know if, it's, if I would call this a plateau, but I'm looking right now at our nice spreadsheet and really, like after a whole bunch of months of kind of fluctuating back and forth, like we're seeing like this range from like 0.35 to 0.38, kind of falling in there. And if you take this off there, like this is probably like going to be like the biggest NBA night until we get down to the stretch run. So I don't know of any like really huge matchups or anything that are like left in the tank. So maybe. Hey, NBA, you, you fired your best shot in this war. You you beat them this week. But let's see what you're going to do next week. Let, let's see what's going to happen when AEW back on the shores, when we get off the boat, and when they're in Cleveland. We'll see. That's
2: right. Cleveland, famous ratings down. I was really excited for my AEW versus NBA bit, and then I botched saying star-making machine. It's okay. I'm, I'm upset with myself. You'll, you'll do better next week. Thank you. I believe in you. NXT up 700 to
1: 769, up from 0.21 in the demo to a 0.24. I think you, what you see, not only what we're talking about, Tabe episode, Zion's debut, I think you see some AEW watchers going over to NXT for the, for the live show. I think that explains uh, some of the float here, and the rest is what we already talked about. So nothing that noteworthy from the ratings this week.
0: Uh, one thing before we move on. Either this week or next week is the last week that NXC has an overrun. And the overrun, if you've been able to see some of the data, I know Dave Meltzer kind of does like competitive head-to-head reports that are kind of incomprehensible. But the one big thing he always says is, as soon as it hits 10 o'clock, people turn over to USA. And the last few weeks, they've had 11-minute overruns, 10-minute overruns. Like These are the longest ones they've had of the show. They're done. They're done. So that is skewing their averages more and more. So they had this nice little trick for the first four months of the show, but it's gone now.
1: Also impressive that NXT, I'm sorry, that AEW was able to do this rating with half of their normal viewership on the boat. (laughs) I mean, really impressive there.
2: Yeah. And also, yeah. uh, And on that point, impressive job by the Khan family building the largest cruise ship known to man that was able to get 450,000 people on the boat. It's a, a real engineering marvel, you know. I, I think a uh, real feather in their cap.
1: Well, some people deserve to be billionaires, and the cons have proven
0: that. I mean, the all-elite fleet was not just the name of their fan club. It was a whole flotilla that they had. That You saw the <laughs> flotilla the next ship was coming in in the middle of the main event there, right? I mean, what what else can't they do? I mean, it was 450,000 this this year. It's going to be live next year, so maybe they're going to have every single 875 871,000 people out there. They're going double the size of the fleet.
2: We really needed a picture of like Tony Khan on standing on the deck of the ship in like dress blues with like holding the Navy, little saber that they have. Just be like, this is the elite fleet. And then, you know, big drone drone shot, pull out, show the whole ship and, you know, flanked by the, the CGI ships from the hit action movie battleship,
0: which was on.
2: Yeah. Great, yeah. great tie-in. Great again, great cooperation from the TNT network.
0: How can't you love Warner Media? Other than the fact that they're about to launch a really bad over-the-top service.
2: Well, hey, who who isn't guilty of that? You could even say we're guilty of that. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very
1: good. Okay, well, before anybody considers the actual consequences of that, let's move on to our <laughs> rundown of dynamite from this week. I don't think I changed the, or no, this was, what week is it? I don't know. Week 15. Opened up. Mm -hmm. SCU versus Kenny Omega, Hangman Page. Uh, Page pinned Frankie Kazarian with the buckshot lariat uh, to win the tag team titles. Uh, I wrote in my notes, the story might be that Page seemed to do most of the work down the stretch. And then they uh, lampshaded that later. So I wrote, yep. And then, of course, the Bucks come out to celebrate, but Paige was not interested in celebrating.
2: Heel, obviously going heel.
1: See, but I don't know. I think you can make him uh, be the guy who's right in this story, if you want to be. Heels are often right. That's true. That's true. But it's it's just going to be so hard to turn him because the crowd loves him, and they've bought into this whole like pissed-off uh, millennial thing that we talked
2: about from last week. <laughs> Anxious millennial cowboy.
1: Yeah, and so I don't know that you can't turn him heel. I think the crowd will go with him.
2: I mean, at at his most babyface, he's going to be like a uh, drunken pissy badass in, in, with this character direction. I think so. Maybe that's not literally heel, but it's obviously a shade, uh, you know, closer to heel than Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks are. So,
0: yeah, I I, I think it's something that this will work down the road because there will be the groundswell of support now that's been like organically fostered that you'll get your Kenny people and you get your page people and you get your bucks people. And it just out of where he was, if it's going to be like this mixed kind of shades of gray thing, which I know doesn't always come off. Well, that's better than how things were really for him out the gates on dynamite. So face or heel, regardless, this is still such a step forward for him.
1: This is my point about the heels in the match thing is that by the end, you're getting AEW chance when you really need to be getting Page or Omega chance, you know, getting excited for them to win these titles or SCU, and then you're upset that they lose the titles. But the crowd needs to be invested in somebody winning the match.
2: I think they were pretty firmly behind Page and Omega. They did the trading forearms thing, and Page and Omega got cheered, and SEU got booed. So I think that's the crowd picked their side, I think.
1: We must have been sitting in really different parts of the cruise ship because uh, I do not recall that. Really? Yeah. OK.
2: I distinctly. I do think that sometimes I get different sound on the fight feed than people here on TNT. I get that impression sometimes. Um, and I don't know if that's, uh, you know, a a, a a thing that can happen with satellites and cable feeds or something. I have no idea. But yeah, they definitely I think it was Kenny and. Kaz were trading forearms and Kaz was getting booed during, you know, doing the yay, boo, yay, boo gimmick. Next
1: up Priscilla Kelly, the returning Priscilla Kelly taking on Britt Baker Uh, and Baker wins with the lock jaw. The, the thing of this was that she gets the lock jaw in Priscilla Kelly, maybe got to the ropes. I wasn't quite sure about that, but then Britt pushed off the ropes, got her back to the center. And uh, they, they used that to make it seem like it was a, controversial finish
0: love seeing priscilla kelly there uh think maybe it's because i've watched some stardom over like the last week but i just like look at how this referee like counted this submission and i was kind of waiting for daichi to say no you did something wrong i'm not going to count this fall yeah and, and like that's kind of what i was hoping to go on here but i mean this was fine yeah this was fine
2: any thoughts on uh, jr's world Wonder Ring stardom review aaron
1: uh, clearly a big Stardom fan, a subscriber to Stardom World. Well, I mean, you know that JR and Rossi are big pals, so that's not really surprising.
0: They they're got both, me big pals, huge they're pals. They're both into hats.
2: They both follow the WWE porn account on Twitter.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: you love it. I, my note in, in the, on this match was inoffensive. I thought it was it was fine. I was not offended. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that. Tony came out. Interview Britt. Uh, he called the finish controversial, as I suggested. And I mean, we've pretty much talked about this. Britt says she's glad Tony's there because, uh, you know, he had been at Starbucks and he was a shitty barista. Uh, then she starts talking about how she's the hottest girl on the boat. And about the time she says that she's a dentist, uh, Jim Ross says that they've heard enough and they're going to go to commercial.
0: That was a nice touch, JR, getting frustrated. Say, we're done with this. I'm not going to let you make fun of my friend Tony. We're out of here. That was probably the best part of this. Like, but if Britt said, can I speak to your manager? That would have like completed it and her character would have been solidified there.
1: Um, I know. I, I just I don't have anything else to say about this. I'm gonna move on. Video recap of the Chris Jericho Jungle Boy story, and that leads into Jurassic Express versus Chris Jericho and Santana and Ortiz. I don't think they're calling them proud and powerful anymore. I think they just call them Santana and Ortiz.
2: I'm not sure they ever explicitly called them that. I feel like they were calling themselves that. And they certainly had it like in their Twitter handles and shit. I don't know that I ever saw a Chiron. Maybe I'm wrong. But I feel like AEW was uh, certainly not hammering at home.
0: It was on a it was on their Tron before. I remember saying proud and powerful pop up on their Tron.
2: Well, might might still be on the Tron. I don't know. Mm -hmm.
0: It was certainly in their theme song.
2: And still there, right? Well, they came up to Judas, so. Right. Came out to Judas.
1: Whole crap was seeing Judas, uh, as we said before. And Chris Jericho pinned Marco after a Judas effect. And an excellent looking Judas effect.
0: Yeah, this was a fun sprint. Like, this was just a whole lot of fun. It's great to see after, like, I feel like I was being kind of hard on Luchasaurus over the last, like, few episodes. About, like, he looked like he came back early, but he looked fine. Like, this was a fun match.
1: I'm Like, always kind of taken aback by Luchasaurus. Like, He's so big. He's a very big dude. He's tall. He's also just like uh, very ripped. and But then he's like very athletic. He's just a really impressive guy as a pro wrestler. He should, uh, he should have been a star at some point.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you had him in the smaller ring. Like we didn't talk about this. Like they, they had a smaller ring out there. So he looked even more kind of imposing and more impressive. And he should have been a star.
1: All right. Then we got the Cody MJF video from the Road to Bahamas uh, YouTube video. So if you didn't see that, then congratulations. You saw it right here on this show. Then that led into MJF taking on Joey Janela. Wardlow did not accompany MJF to the ring because he was in intense training for his steel cage match. I wonder, do we know what Wardlow is actually doing? I mean, other didn't,
2: than didn't get, didn't get booked for the cruise. You know, maybe Jericho did the bookings before, um, uh. you know, AEW booked the show. They did uh, Darby on the wrestling observer radio that he did, you know, basically said that Jericho booked Priscilla on this cruise. So, you know, maybe, you know, that's a shoot. And Jericho did the bookings in advance of these things.
1: As we've talked about MJF one with the double cross, after Joey distracted after Joey was distracted by Kip Sabian and Benel before kissing on the ramp. Ah. Then we get an MJF promo. He says Cody said he was only a chapter in Cody's story, but MJF is the last goddamn story or last goddamn chapter. A lot of goddams between these two in this in this yeah, you're gonna,
2: you're gonna, that's why all the 50 year olds watched NXT because they don't say goddamn.
1: <laughs> I guess so. Cody comes out and this, you know, they start to play up the whole Cody can't touch MJF stipulation. And MJF says, but since he's a good guy, he will give Cody the room. He drops the mic in front of him, uh, and kicks it when Cody goes to grab it. Classic stuff. Great. Cody off as he's walking out. Uh, Cody says, "You're right. I can't touch you, but they can." And the Bucks come uh, behind him, give him a double super kick. They ask, "Should we throw Max in the pool?" And friends, they do throw Max in the pool. Very good. My my only complaint here is that it just like too soon. They should have done one more week before somebody before Cody got one of his friends to touch him. Jeff, I mean, we know that has to happen right in the story, but it's like, OK, we didn't even tease it for a week.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you had to use the pool this week. And it sure, had to, sure. I mean, maybe it should have been Joey getting his getting some of his like sleeves back and being the one tossing him in the pool. But yeah, I mean, it was going to happen. And now everyone has to shut up because there was a pool spot during the bash in the beach. Two weeks spectacular.
1: All right, Tony Shavani is with Kenny Page, Kenny Page, with Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. Omega says he wouldn't have imagined this is where he'd be, but he's glad to be here with one of his best friends. And Page says uh, boisterously, I said I was going to kick both their asses, and I kicked both their asses. Uh, the young bucks come out, and, you know, you get some of the, the awkwardness. And Page, uh, very funny, says, I'm surprised we won these things before you guys did. And then uh, just leaves, and then the the segment ends.
2: He's really very good. I mean, I've always said, you know, he always had the best line reads on BTE. He's uh, underrated as like a, you know, like a genuine comic actor or even a straight ahead actor. I feel like
1: it's like undersold. Maybe it's not, but it's worth remarking on again. Just like how unlikely Adam Page' his story is, his existence in this promotion, in his spot from where he started, is pretty wild.
2: Yeah, really. I mean, you know, was basically the butt of a joke in the decade. And then Gator was like, well, that guy is good looking. Put him in the Bullet Club. And then, then there you go. Superstar.
1: Yeah, when he showed up in New Japan, I was like really into New Japan at the time. I was like, what the fuck? Why did they bring this guy over here? You know? Trust in he, Gator. Trust. I guess so. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, I, I can't do that.
2: Uh, yeah. Why but, has uh, you uh, delivered too many satisfying moments for you lately.
1: Uh, I mean, that's certainly not true. Not for me, anyway. He has delivered satisfying moments for others. Um, but, it, you know, the Jay White thing, you know, I'm out on that. Sonata, I'm out on that. You know, a lot of things I don't like in the old Jado. I mean, sorry, the Gato. Uh, wow. That's wow. Too many,
2: too many stars for Aaron. Jado's yeah. a great book. We need some as, more.
1: As he proved uh, in Noah. So <laughs> I would give him the book, personally.
0: Captain Noah himself.
2: Yeah,
1: of course. Okay, Jericho comes out for commentary before the main event of John Moxley versus Pac for the number one contendership. And Mox ultimately wins this with the paradigm shift. And the show closes out with Jericho walking to the top of the ramp, holding up the title. And they confirm on commentary that that means these two are going
0: to face each other at Revolution. Weird match, but satisfying conclusion. Like, I mean, they did the Mox overcoming the odds thing. And... They kind of made Pac Pack still look pretty strong after taking three paradigm shifts, including the elevated one. So, like, that's cool. But it just was like a weird match. Like the, that was the thing about it. it. Just it wasn't like one of those like really great heel pack matches, like what we had with him and Darby and Moxley. And this it was just kind of weird. Like it was like eight, 20 minutes and weird for me.
2: I wanted Pack to win. You got it. You got a sold out show for this match already. You got the out for Moxley that he lost an eye, so he can lose. I just wanted—I want Pac to be at that that level where he can get the real first win on Moxley uh, before somebody else. That would have been good for him, I think. Where are the good John Moxley matches in this promotion?
0: He has—I <laughs> don't
2: know. He uh, goes to the, New Ome- Japan. the Omega match. The Omega match was pretty good. Eh. Darby match was really good. That was a good match. Okay, that's one. Um, Tag tag with pack with pack was good against whoever the other two were. I'm
1: just saying the guy goes to New Japan and pretty regularly has good singles
0: matches.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, we that, are just in this promotion. I don't know uh, that tag match. Anybody was good. can have a good match with Darby <laughs> Allen, Nate. Jesus Christ.
2: Well, I mean, I could say the same for Tomohiro Ishii. So
1: true, true. But he had a good match with Juice. He had a good match with Lance Archer. I mean, that was okay. He's had good matches with other people in new japan Yano? Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> again who
0: couldn't <laughs> i mean that That's was my true. that was my favorite match of the g1 it's also the only match that I know, g1 it's the g1 the I only watched. one you watched yeah yeah that is true <laughs> uh th- that tag match nate was omega versus omega and page on the same team against Pac and moxley
1: so uh, i didn't uh vet this at all but i read on twitter that they've had more tag matches than any other tag team on dynamite
0: that's
2: funny, yeah. but hey, you know they've uh, you know been a winning combination, so it's good to give that they have build that team up and give them the belts. I guess I really love that
1: these guys are the tag champions. Like I think it's a great little diversion for Omega. We got an interesting story. I I bitched uh, when this show was about evolve. I bitched for years about like not putting your stars in the the tag division to kind of mix things up a little bit and i just i love this i'm very excited about it
2: well kenny's a double champion now so you know they can't you can't say that he's been ignored or is not being highlighted at all like he's got a pretty major storyline here
1: he does they're they're getting there with him and i i said this last week but i think you can kind of retcon it into this is what got him back on the right path and uh i'm excited about it we'll see where it goes i'm hoping that it's not as obvious as it looks, as far as the split between the two. We'll, we'll see what happens. But okay, probably make a obvious,
2: obviousness right. is good in wrestling.
1: I don't think so. I
2: don't think so. Yeah. Well, this is why you liked the Vince Russo era so much, I guess.
1: I mean, that's—I've never said that.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> listeners, go back and review. I'm pretty sure you said it a few times. Uh, I'll be interested to see if anyone can uh, pull that
1: out. Yeah. Look forward <laughs> to that. Uh, but I'll be on the cruise, so don't don't bother me.
2: Cruise is over now. Now it's over. No, I'm still there. <laughs> You're on another cruise?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I got off, got on the Kid Rock cruise. Oh, yeah. Well, doing some uh doing some advertisement for Murder Brian's upcoming Kid Rock series. So had to get on the Kid Rock cruise.
2: Yeah, but we'll look forward to your dispatch. <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> All right. Here's what. uh, So they didn't tape anything for Dark, well, as far as we know. There's some stuff left over from the Miami tapings, Nyla Rose versus Shanna, Dark Order versus Brandon Cutler and Sonny Kiss, Kip Sabian versus Michael Nakazawa. We can expect to see those next week on Dark. They apparently did Kenny Omega and Riho against Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford on the cruise, but we have not learned yet uh, whether it will air, and if it will, where it will air.
2: Yeah, I think those are all because they did wrestling every day on the cruise they only you know did the one tv show but i think those are like cruise exclusive matches What they which they also did last year uh Meltzer did say that the match was really good and that they did just full-on like kenny and penelope going at it and kip and Riho going at it it wasn't like the mixed match bullshit they do in the wwe uh, so and we probably
1: definitely won't see that match
2: yeah don't don't think it's likely but uh, and, you know, Kenny wants to do, like, a mixed tag thing. Like, that's one of his stated goals is he wants to continue tagging the Three Hill. But, uh, you know, that's that's if this is a yearly thing, that's kind of a good hook. Like, hey, this is the only time all year that you're going to see intergender stuff when we're in, in, in international waters. Kind of an, uh, a nifty little gimmick.
0: I did notice they had cameras out there on the photos that were posted. So, I don't think that, like, with, with like... Then again, Tony Khan has said things in the past about what the promotion was going to be, and it ended up being. I just can't see Warner Media wanting intergender on TV. So maybe YouTube. I mean, they posted uh, that Joey Janela versus Phoenix match on YouTube, just not as a part of Dark. So I mean, that could be something they do for that.
2: Yeah, I didn't watch that, but I presume they separated it from Dark because uh, Phoenix was like working hurt, and you know, got helped away after the match, and I presume the match was not very good as a result. Shrug, I'm guessing.
1: Oh, I didn't watch it. Very bizarre to just like throw that up on YouTube.
2: Yeah, no, I think that was the justification because that, that was the report that basically Phoenix was obviously, you know, pretty beat up going into it and uh even more beat up coming out of it.
1: Omega and Riho should be the tag team champions, in my opinion. Cool. Glad very,
2: very, know. very like Joshi boy take there, really.
1: Yeah. It's no. Like, uh,
2: it's like one of the tweets where it's like, oh well, <laughs> here's the real Okada and it's you know, somebody from Actress Girls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tae Hanma is the real Kazuchika right. Uh I think it's really, as Nate said, I think this is a really cool thing to do, stuff like this on the boat. I did kind of, maybe maybe being on the boat and like this whole entire thing is why the matches weren't so insane. Is like they knew that they still had a couple more days of wrestling they had to do before they went home and they weren't all going all out. I don't know. That's something that just kind of percolated in my mind because there wasn't really any crowd brawling other than moxley and pack like they did do the pull spot so it was not as all out as a typical episode of dynamite so maybe they're like hey we have to do so much more and do the bowling tournament and go see uh jim brewer do stand up like we did it was a great set you know yeah loved more kind of
2: hacky kind of hacky in my opinion is, you know real really old old <laughs> shit um yeah, it, I mean, this is the most intense schedule that the promotion has worked in its existence. Like They did three days in a row or, or whatever. So, And also, they were wrestling on a boat that would have some movement and high winds and stuff. So mm-hmm. all, all stuff to that could be justifications.
0: Yeah, next year, sandbag your damn ring aprons that kept on distracting me.
2: Next week,
1: January 28th, they're going to be in Cleveland, Ohio. Here's the matches that we know about. And of course, Mike and I will preview these properly on AW Light next Wednesday morning. Darby Allin and Private Party are going to take on Chris Jericho and Santana and Ortiz. The Young Bucks will take on The Butcher and The Blade with The Bunny. Kip Sabian versus Cody. MJF is going to take on an as-yet-unnamed opponent. And Jon Moxley will cut a promo. That's what we know so far.
0: It's his Ohio debut since he's left WWE. Is that right? Mm-hmm. right I guess that makes sense. Big Dayton guy. I mean, he's from Dayton, but he's built from uh, Cincinnati. So, yeah.
1: Okay. I don't have anything strong about this, but uh, Murder Brian said earlier that he thought this was a, a weak card. But the top two matches, these two, the trios match and the tag match, get me excited.
2: I'm interested to see who MJF's opponent would be. I was trying to think of who's like a Cleveland legend they could bring out from MJF. And all I could think of was Craig ELO.
0: <laughs> uh they could get john thorne john thorne could be wrestling here tonight uh who also could they get uh dan hausen i mean isn't he based there he wrestles in aiw i don't oh, it, know
1: is your all thought they're gonna have like local talent for a squash match is that like
0: yeah that's my thought Hmm. <laughs> okay I, is, i'm, I'm sorry I, I thought I heard a boat pass us by behind us. So I, I thought I heard the horn go off, and then everyone crowd chant "fuck that boat" and having to be censored on television because AEW can't have a lot of cussing on TV. All
1: right, well, let's. We got a couple of news and notes to talk about. Let's talk about this one first. Our good friend Justin, embarrassing uh, from Sports Illustrated. Zing! <laughs> got him. I got him. He's fucking gotten. <laughs> Justin Barrasso, Sports Illustrated, reports that Lance Archer is in talks to sign with AEW, and folks, it reeks of Lance Archer trying to get leverage with New Japan Pro Wrestling. What do you all think?
2: Yeah, I think I originated that take. um, You know, Justin Barrasso at the end of the article is like, hey, here's when I previously spoke with Lance Archer, so you know that I have his phone number. Um, Yeah, just seems like this is the kind of thing that he would do if he was trying to you know, get new Japan to shout out for one of those fancy new five-year deals they give out.
0: Yeah. I mean, he is also, I'll play devil's advocate for a second. He's also in his forties. He had a major back injury and he's been flying back and forth to Japan over the last, what? Eight, nine years. Maybe it's something that like the AEW schedule with the exception of the, uh, rock and rager. Was it called the third one? Triple whammy, whatever that's going to be next year. Triple whammy. Yeah. Yeah you're not going to be wrestling more than five to six days a month. So with less travel. So, I mean, I could see that, but yeah, Nate's totally right. This looks like that. He's found someone to negotiate his rate up and good for him.
1: Yeah, he would be interesting. At least I I kind of am in the mode of anybody that comes in. I'm willing to see what happens. I think it's a possibility that's going to be good, even if it might not be someone that I'm super excited about, like from a, uh, non-contextual standpoint.
2: Yeah, he's cool and good. Um, you know, it could also, you know, if he gets a joint courted deal like Moxley's doing, or like Jericho's doing, seems fine as well. I do think if I got one of those five-year deals, I would be like Juice Robinson or Will Osprey and just move to Japan. That seems like the smart thing to do. Like, seems like the smart thing to do in general, but. I would
1: say, if somebody wanted to pay me really anything for five years, I would just move to Japan. Yeah, well, yeah, Tokyo in particular. Yeah, of course. Of course. All right. One last uh, news item. A real string popping up of... A crime spree? Would you call it a crime spree? I would not call it a crime spree. I would call it a traveling art installation. (laughs) Uh, I guess NXT is putting up advertisements in subway stations across New York. And some really excellent artists and... uh, Friends freedom of freedom fighters,
2: I would call them freedom fighters.
1: Freedom fighters have been taking a little spray paint and writing over it things like, Are you elite? <laughs> AEW, all elite wrestling, all the good things that you need to put. Uh, and there's, I guess, some discourse about whether this is good or not. And let's just end that here. It's good.
2: Well, yeah, I was going to do a tweet from the account. I decided we'd just save it. But this podcast has come out previously explicitly uh, as pro bank robbery. So. Like, vandalism is just not even a question. Of course, that's a cool crime. Like, give me a break.
0: I will say that they need to work on their spray. There was a lot of dripping going on there. Like, I mean, you have to know the humidity if you're going to tag something. And don't be a fucking nerd and think that, like, this was, like, a planet thing. Like, I saw some people because a friend of the show, Raul, was the one who, like, first, like, was, like, retweeting this. And... And there are people going like, oh, this is like a plan. It's like, don't be a nerd. Like, come on. This is just someone like tagging in who's a wrestling fan and obviously thinks the NXT things are lame. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and vandalism is a cool crime. So keep it up.
1: Yeah. Vandalism shouldn't be a crime. Obviously, uh, there's no such thing as public property. Uh, I'm well, sorry. Especially,
2: especially, a, especially a paid, you know, private corporate ad is not public property. Yeah, no, <laughs> even I mean, You can go by that standard.
1: Everything is public property, uh, belongs to us, and therefore we can tag it. That's it.
2: Yeah. You know, uh, the the city, the municipality is selling out public spaces and, you know, using them to profit, but not actually fixing the New York subway. You know, in Tokyo where the subway is fantastic and always on time, you don't see any vandalism. So, you know, these are these I, I choose to believe these are tied. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have time to do any vandalism when your train shows up exactly when you expect it. And uh, you know everybody's nice and pleasantly quiet on it, and you enjoy your ride to Odaiba.
1: That's right. Okay, well, I think that's it. Uh, a nice little tight episode of of everything elite. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at everything a e w. I'm at Aaron like the car. Mike is at Fujiheya. That's F U J I I H E Y A. Nate is at Epitasis. That's E P I T A S I S. A lot of people say they don't know how to spell our Twitter accounts. It's right there in the in the thing. Just go to everything AEW. It's right there. Subscribe to the podcast, rating, review. We got any uh, reviews this week, Nate? No. Damn it! Come on, people. We are <laughs> going to come to your houses and vandalize them.
2: That's right. We're gonna we're gonna spray paint five white stars on your garage.
1: <laughs> well it sounds a little problematic i think we, uh,
2: so i said white because the spray paint in the in the subway ads is white it can be any color we can do red gold <laughs> green whatever red
1: gold and green um patreon.com i don't
2: know what song that was <laughs>
1: that was uh uh boy george what was the group he was in
2: oh uh karma chameleon was that uh yeah, culture that club, cool. culture, yeah. club.
1: Yeah. culture club that's what that was Great uh, golden
2: green, yeah. Okay, I Yeah,
1: yeah. sing on the podcast. We
2: pray.
1: We got more of that at Patreon.com.
2: for that? No, we don't.
1: <laughs> lots more, lots more. Uh, that's it. Anything else, guys? Nope. Okay, for Mike, for Nate, I'm Aaron. We'll see you next week.